Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. As we've been grinding and going and just getting ready for Easter, and, and so uh, we were talking about what we wanted to, to put in front of you today, and, and what I want to talk to you about uh, is the great exchange. Turn to your neighbor and say exchange. So the great exchange, you see, uh, one thing I've noticed since I've graduated high school is I'm getting older. Like, spoiler alert, right? So how many of y'all, now listen, some of y'all that are like 50, 60, you're not going to hear this from me, okay? But I've noticed post 30 years old that things work differently as I'm getting out of bed in the morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it sounds like someone poured milk and Rice Krispies when I'm getting out of the bed and like... That snap, crackle, and pop is going on, you know. And uh, so my wife has been threatening to exchange me in for a newer model. Um, I'm just kidding. So totally a joke. Well, no, I'm just kidding. So it'll be more my attitude and less my snap, crackle, and popping, okay? You know what I mean? It'd be her popping off. So anyways, but uh, as we've been getting ready for today, I want to talk to you guys about the great exchange because I, I told my wife, if she tries to exchange me, I'm going with her. You know what I'm talking about? You try to leave, I'm just going wherever we're going. I'm getting in the car too. But what I know is that there was a great exchange that took place 2,000 years ago where Jesus accomplished something that was something so desperately needed by you and I, something that, quite frankly, uh, even in moments that we're in right now, we don't even realize the depth of need that we have inside of us. And so uh, I want to take you to Matthew 28, 1 through 6. We're going to read through what happened on the third day. As Jesus rose from the dead, now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Now, just for a second, I want to pause right there because I feel like that was a boss move. You know what I'm talking like, like. He didn't just roll the stone back and stand next to it. He was like, no, watch this. I'm going to just sit on it. Anyway, I don't know. I read my Bible that way. Y'all do whatever you want. Okay, so, but he rolled the stone back, sat on it, and his appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified He is not here, for he has risen. And today, we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And and as we're doing that, I want to catch you up. Because Jesus, the perfect son of God, God in the flesh, he he left the riches of heaven and, and, and became poor so that you and I might become rich, is what 2 Corinthians says. And he lived a perfect and sinless life so that he could go to the cross and die there with with no sin, and so he, he died so that you and I, who are filled by sin, could become sinless through his death. All right? so, so Jesus, he, he is the perfect man. He is man and God on, in the flesh, walking. And so then what happens is he comes to earth, and he lives a perfect life, and then he dies a death in our place. And, and after he dies, that's where we're catching up. So if you're new to this, if, if you haven't heard the whole story, I wanted to give you the overview. So Jesus, God in the flesh, comes, lives the perfect life that you and I could not live. 
And because of the sin in our life, anybody ever messed up before? We, anybody want to be honest in here? The rest of you, you just messed up because you lied. Okay, so now we're all in the same boat together. All right, so we're clear. But because we've all messed up, we need someone who had never sinned, who had never blown it, who had never messed up. And they had to come and die in our place. And his name was Jesus. And so that's where we pick up in, in Matthew uh, 28. And so Jesus accomplished a few things. And I want to put them in front of you today because they're so beautiful. And sometimes we can lose track in all of the things that go on in Easter. We can lose track of what Jesus actually did for us. So turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus. The first thing I want you to understand is that Jesus exchanged riches for poverty so that we could exchange poverty for riches. He exchanged the riches. Has anybody here ever lived on a ramen budget before? Sometimes it's around the fourth week of the month. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, so like, uh, we're the people that went to college before. Y'all know how to hook ramen up. You know what I'm talking about? Like, man, we can make egg drop ramen. We can make like creamy ramen, soup ramen, dry ramen. We can mix it with Doritos and eat it with the season pack. Okay, so y'all, all right. Y'all like, oh, so he, he went to the hood hood. Yes. Okay, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. So we've been on ramen budgets before. And, and the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, it says, For now the, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, and what they mean by that is though he was in heaven where he had all that he could ever need, though he was in the riches of heaven where, where the angels would bow and worship him, though, though he had all that he could possibly need in heaven, it was there that he left. So he was in the riches of heaven, though he was rich, yet for your sake. Turn to your neighbor and say, your sake. Yet for your sake, the Bible says he became poor. He came to this earth, and he didn't come as a triumphant king, but he came as a baby in a manger He didn't come on a white horse representing military power. He came on a donkey representing poverty. He left the riches of heaven and became poor. But the second part of that verse says, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. He left the riches of heaven and became poor. So that those of us who are poor on earth, and I don't just mean your money, Because I know a lot of wealthy people who are poor in spirit. And he took those who were poor so that they might become rich. And know the riches of heaven that he left. Left the riches so he could come and dwell with us. So that those of us that are dwelling here might one day get to experience the glorious wonder of heaven with Jesus himself. Who died in our place but rose again. How beautiful is it? And so he exchanged riches for poverty so that we could exchange poverty for riches. But then Jesus exchanged perfection for persecution. And this is the part that I think we, we can oftentimes lose track of here on earth because uh, we, we don't quite understand exactly what Jesus went through while he was here. But you see, In heaven, all things were right. And one day when we get to heaven, for those of us whose faith is in Christ Jesus, when we get to heaven, how many of you are looking forward to the day when all things are made right? Right? And I'm not just talking about where your body doesn't do the Rice Krispies thing, okay? I'm talking about like where your mind and your heart 
where anxiety doesn't grip you anymore and fear and depression doesn't have to be something that owns you anymore. We're looking forward to the day where our bodies are made right, where sickness and disease, where the Bible says no more tears will be shed because all things are made right. And that is where perfection is. But Jesus exchanged the perfection of heaven so that he could experience persecution on earth. He was tried unfairly. He was hung on the cross innocent. Why? So that you and I who are not innocent wouldn't have to hang there ourselves. Jesus. Paid this price for us. And and here's the thing that I think I want you to grab a hold of so deeply is this idea that two things grab a hold of us when we blow it. Guilt and shame. And and how many guys have ever done something and got caught? Some of y'all are like, I don't want to list those. So if we could just keep those to ourselves, that would be great. Uh, We've blown it. We've we've messed up. We've we've done wrong. And and everybody goes, there's a wave of guilt that hits you, but how many know that once the guilt has subsided, there's still oftentimes a season of shame that will follow you, where you, you're still, like, shame can own you because of what you've done, and, and, and here's what I want you to understand when it comes to sin in our lives. Are we guilty? Absolutely. Like, look around this room for a second. Go ahead, take a gander. There's no one in here that's not guilty of blowing it before God. Every person in this room has done at least one thing. Now, listen, don't raise your hand for the one thing. Like, man, there's only one for me. So all y'all, y'all got multiple mess ups. I'm, I'm chilling over here. No, no, no. We all got some stuff. All right. Test. You ready? You go through the drive through at McDonald's and the McFlurry machine is still broken. Righteous anger. See, anger, anger, anger. I saw some of y'all just, right, like. All right, see, so you, haven't got a hold, you don't have a hold of yourself just yet, all right, so we're still there. You go past Krispy Kreme and the hot now light is not on. Anger, see, right there. You know what I'm talking about? You order your pizza and they say 30 minutes and it takes an hour. See, I'm tell, see we're not there yet. None of us are righteous. That's all I'm getting at, okay? I'm not trying to stir stuff up. I'm just saying all of us haven't arrived yet, okay? Someone online right now, they messed your Starbucks order up this morning, okay? And you're just upset. All right, so, but here's what I want you to understand. Are we guilty? Yes. We've blown it. And because we've messed it up, we don't deserve to stand in front of a righteous God. We don't. But here's the beauty that I want you to grab a hold of. I want you to imagine yourself standing before God himself, the God of the Bible, the God that created the universe with words. I want you to imagine for a second, you're standing in front of him, and because of your sin and and me, because of my sin, we can't stand even close to him because of how good and holy he is. And yet, so our sin separates us from God. And I want you to imagine for a second that you are in a courtroom. Some of y'all are like, I don't have to imagine that. Been there before. Okay, so I want you to imagine yourself for just a second in a, courtroom and you are standing before God as the judge and the enemy Satan the one that uh, was responsible for all the evil is now standing and accusing you of all the things you know you did wrong even for me to to stand there and and know that the enemy is saying yes the drugs yes the drinking yes the violence yes And, and, and he starts accusing me of all the things and here's the thing God already knows it he knows everything so he knows I'm guilty of these things And the accuser comes in and points the finger and says, guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty. And before God, i got to be honest with you, I don't have anything to say except, yes, I am. But here's the beauty is that 
sitting next to you is Christ Jesus. That when your faith is in him, sitting next to you is going, yes, God, he is guilty of those things. She is guilty of those things. They, they did do those things. But the difference is I've already paid for that. God, I want to show you. Look at these holes in my hands where they hung me on the cross. Look at these holes in my feet. You see, you see where they, the crown of thorns entered my head. You see where they drove the, the spear into my side. And yes, he may have done those things. Yes, she may have done those things. But I'm here to tell you, although they are guilty, they don't have to be shameful because I took it on my body on the cross. I, I've already paid for that for them. How beautiful is it that he left perfection to experience our persecution? That he hung on this cross. And that's the, the thing that I want you to understand is, are we guilty? Yes. But are we shamed not with a Savior? Because the Bible says he took it upon himself. Hebrews 12:2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, and here it is, despising the shame. And now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hear me. Guilt says, I've done something bad. But shame says, I am bad. But Jesus steps in and says, you know what, you may be guilty, but you don't have to carry the shame of your guilt anymore. And for some of you, you're here today and you've allowed your past to follow you and disqualify you for where God is trying to take you. And it's time that all of that gets wiped away. Despising, the Bible says, not the embarrassment of what he would look like or what people would think. But hear me, Jesus didn't despise how people were going to treat him. Jesus did not despise the struggle that he was going to go through. Jesus did not despise the pain. He did not despise the persecution. He despised the shame. It wasn't the cross that Jesus didn't want to endure. It was becoming like us that Jesus did not want to endure. But he knew that if he would become like us in that moment, take our sin on himself, we could become like him, sinless, perfect. He exchanged his perfection for persecution so that we could exchange our persecution for his perfection. That is the Jesus that we serve. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Jesus. You see, if Jesus had ever sinned in his life, if, if, if there was ever a sin that was a part of his life, he would not be the perfect sacrifice for our imperfections. And if Jesus didn't die, he wouldn't have paid the price for our sins. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus did live the perfect life. He did die a sinner's death so that those of us who are imperfect and for those of us that deserved eternal death don't have to experience either one of those things. But Jesus has made us alive forever because our faith is in him. We've got a beautiful story of one of our own, actually, who shared her story with us 
that I want to share with you. And so we're going to go ahead and roll that. Go ahead, guys, and let's watch Allison's video. My name is Allison Burkett. I was raised in church, um, but I like to say I never really knew God. I did a whole lot of partying. Um, I was I was out almost every night of the week. My purpose was just to go party all the time and have a good time. And I drank a lot. I thought that was the fun thing to do. Um, so at the ripe old age of 18, I was getting into clubs and drinking and I was taking prescribed medication for my severe anxiety and depression. Um, but there would be days where I would just be like, I can't take this anymore. I, this is just overcoming me. I would take some extra just to like try to make myself numb to the pain and and I would drink with it. That way it would, you know, all of it can work together as this magic little potion to get whatever's going on inside me out. I did not have a relationship with my real father. Um, and I always told myself, I don't care if he comes around, I'm never gonna have anything to do with him. He walked out on me. I focused a lot of my attention on men and boys and just having those types of relationships. I had my daughter when I was 19 years old. I actually found out I was pregnant with her on my 19th birthday. So that was a huge shock and life changer for me. Probably about two years ago, I uh, ended up having a miscarriage and I completely turned my back on God. When Lily's dad and I did eventually split, um, I basically fell on my face and was like, I can't do this without God. It wasn't until Freedom, I did a Freedom Conference. My first week of Freedom, I'll never forget, in the opening statement it says, all God wants is to have a relationship with you. And that literally was just that clicking moment in my head that like, I don't have to work so hard at being perfect in order for God to love me. So I knew I needed to be baptized again. It was time for me to, you know, take that step and, and walk out in faith and do it for the right reasons. Watching Lily get baptized is probably hands down my favorite moment in her life. But standing on that stage and watching her step into the baptismal and she was so proud and she knew and she was like, mommy, I already feel different. And that was just a, a huge emotional wreck for me. Now, the severe anxiety from those relationships and those hurt relationships and those abandonment issues, it doesn't hold a candle to my passion that I have for Jesus. And knowing that God was able to sustain me through all of that and he brought me through all of that in order for me to be able to witness to somebody one day or to be able to help somebody one day. That has just completely rocked my world. It doesn't matter where you came from or, or what you look like or what you've been through. Like we are all broken people just striving to get better. And the best decision you can make in your life is to accept Jesus into your heart. Even if you don't have a relationship with him right now, he still loves you. And it is the greatest love that you will ever experience in your entire life. Come on, church, can we stand up? We're just gonna give Jesus some more praise, amen? And I've searched the world But it couldn't feel me Lands empty praise Treasures of faith I never enough Come on, 
seated for just a few more minutes. It is amazing that we serve a Jesus and he's the only one that can. And I really want you to grab a hold of the next couple minutes with me because the beauty of Resurrection Sunday is not Jesus' death, actually. The, the beauty of Easter is not his death. You see, his death, yes, is powerful. His death was necessary. His death made sure that that hell didn't have to be in eternity for us but you know what his life his resurrection is what is powerful his you see you see he died like a man but you know what many religions believe in men that died See, his death doesn't make him special. His death just makes him a man like everyone else. But, but it was on the third day. Oh, come on. So I said it was on the third day that, that even though he may have died like a man, he rose like a God. And, and it, was, it was that death couldn't hold him but death still had to be his experience, you see, because if he didn't resurrect, he wouldn't have defeated death's finality to give us eternity. It was his resurrection. His death made sure that eternal life didn't have to be hell, but his resurrection made heaven a possibility. And so, I'm here to tell you today that we believe that he rose again. And, and here's what I want to give you in John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, whoever would hear this message of hope through Jesus Christ and would believe in him, not just believe he existed, but believe that he paid for their sins, would not perish, but would have eternal life. And that is the God that we serve, you see, because Jesus had another exchange. He exchanged heaven for hell. Now you may look at me and say, Jesus went to hell. Yes, Jesus went to hell. And it reminds me of this poem that I heard growing up and I couldn't help but bring it into today. It says, in the midst of this celebration where demons were celebrating and Satan was celebrating and he was saying, I told you we were gonna get him. I told you we were gonna get him. It says, in the midst of celebration, footsteps were heard walking through the corridors of hell. 
And all the shouting stopped when a voice rang out, a voice that rang like a bell. Oh, Satan did tremble when he who came to deliver his own locked the gates, Satan shouted, don't let him ascend to his throne. And it was there that Jesus went and took the keys to death, to hell and the grave. And he said, no longer do you hold this power over the people that serve me. But now I give the resurrecting power of Jesus to those who would put their faith in me. And today you can have the resurrecting power of Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't descend into hell as an occupier. He did it in the victory over it. Jesus didn't go there to stay there. Jesus went down there to take victory so you and I didn't have to stay there. He took all of it that we deserved and he said, now I'm the victory over it. He only went there because he was the only one that could defeat the death that is inevitable for every person. The grave that will eventually be the place where all of us end up, but the hell that we don't have to experience because Jesus resurrected with power. And today your sin, my sin, no longer has to be the separator because the cross is the bridge and the empty tomb gets us there. I told you earlier about how my wife wants to exchange me for a newer model. Sometimes I question whether I'm like, is that a model, like a male model or like a newer version of me? Like I don't, those are not the same thing. All right. As fly as I might look today, Jays are coming back next week, just for the record, okay? So like, these are uncomfortable. I don't know how some of y'all do this all the time. But I want you to understand something that Jesus, we joke about being exchanged, but here's what I want you to grab a hold of today and hear me just as we wrap up. All the things in our lives, my life and your life separates you from God. But Jesus paid for those sins and here's the beautiful part are you ready past all the things in your past all the things in your present and Jesus went into the future and paid for all the sins that would even become part of your life so that there will never be a day where he exchanges you for a newer model Jesus never looks down from heaven and goes, man, didn't see that one coming. He never looks down from heaven and goes, Miranda, that was was the one I didn't see. You were gonna do that one. That one really took me off guard. I I don't know if I paid for that one just yet. Jesus never looks back and goes, DeMarcus, I paid for these, but you really, you really turned left here and caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for that. And so I, although I paid for these, because you did this one, you're going to be out, brother. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? That's not Jesus' response. He looks at you and says, all that you've done, all that you're doing, and guess what? When your faith is in me, all the things, I'm going to consume it all, and I'm going to afford grace to you. And hear me, the beauty of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus is that he's the Lord in your wholeness, but he's also your Lord in your brokenness. He's here for you. I wanna invite you. For some of you, today is just gonna be another Easter and we'll see you at Christmas. But for some of you, 
And I don't, I don't mean that as a jab. I just mean for some of you, you're going to go, that was good, Pastor. Thank you for preaching. But for some of you, hear me. You're grabbing a hold of the fact that there's a life in Jesus Christ that is the greatest thing you could ever live. It's the greatest thing you could ever know. And the grace of Jesus Christ is the greatest thing you could ever walk in because we serve a living Savior who has resurrected. And we go into a series next month. I want to invite you where we're going to talk to you about what it means to really know God, what it means to find find freedom from the stuff that's been hanging on to you and pursue the life that God has for you because he has it because the last thing I want you to know is the great exchange, the great exchange. All those things we talked about that Jesus exchanged, what is the great exchange? The great exchange was Jesus for us. Jesus for us. He did it for us. Why? Because when we make that trade, our life and all the dead areas of it, the the metaphorical graves of our life where our abuse and our shame and our guilt, our addictions, our abuse, the things that hold us captive, all the things that are there, we get to trade them in for gardens where beauty and joy and hope and peace can arise because we serve a Jesus that can do that. And guess what? He's the only one who can. Will you stand with me across this place? For some of you, today is the day where you're going to choose that Jesus is going to change your life. I'm going to invite you just to close your eyes all across this place. For some of you, you need the exchange. Whether you're in the room, whether you're online with us right now, you, the exchange is necessary. You, you've, maybe you've thought of yourself as a good person, but hear me, people that think of themselves as good people don't go to heaven. People whose faith is in Jesus Christ go to heaven. And today, gosh, I would just plead with you to take a moment and say, you know what? I've, I've been trying to earn my way to God. I've been trying to earn my way to heaven by doing the right things, but I've, I've yet to put my hands, put my life in the hands of the right person who is Jesus. And today I wanna to invite you to do that. So with no one looking around, this is your moment right now. If you're ready for Jesus, take control of your life. You're ready to surrender to him. He's ready to meet you where you're at. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. Here's what I want you to do. I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to pray with us today that Jesus would become the Lord of your life. If that's you, you need forgiveness like we've all needed it. You need hope like we've all needed it and you need Jesus like we've all needed it. Then today is your day because he's here to meet you. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart. This is Jesus. I'm believing that when you died on the cross, you paid for my sins and I'm giving you my life. And so we're going to pray together and the whole church is going to pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me whole. Make me pure. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose three days later. So I give you my life, make me brand new and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed today. We celebrate with you.